are live with reality checks with Con and Dex. Sopping up the last drops of knowledge soup with Pirate Radio Bread Butts. I'm the imp with impulse control problems, Magdex the insufferable. And I'm Conrad Wisely, your voice of reason in a world of lies. Today, we've got an interview with the most boring man in the cosmos. Come on, the guy's a guest. Let's not unfurl a carpet red with the blood of our own allies, shall we? What the hell does that mean? I don't know, it sounded poignant. Anyway, as many of you know, the Red Hotline has been indefinitely closed after a void rent opened up behind a West Barony Mercantile Freighter WBMS Constance. And recently, a gentleman using the radio call sign Private Patty Cake reached out to us from a Red Hotline Freighter about the nature of Barony politics. And for all we know, he learned a first-hand lesson. I only hope our friend isn't Patty and Cake in a better place. An anonymous whistleblower came forward with evidence suggesting that the route director Beamish Blair of the WBM knowingly delayed action on an Aether survey that predicted this incident. Sounds like that turd really puts the BM in WBM. I hope he got fired. Out of a cannon. So today, we're on the line with Rasfidel Keen, an Aether conservationist turned a theratime lawyer, representing a loose confederation of Nydrasili interests. Welcome, Mr. Keen. It's good to have you on the line. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be sure. Can I call you Rashi? I would prefer if you didn't. So what's the scratch, Rashi? Why'd you let these mercantile mercenaries massacre a perfectly good Aether route? I think you may be confused. An independent surveyor was paid handsomely not to disclose the results of the survey to my clients. In truth, with appropriate precautions, the Red Hot Line could have been repaired and remained active for decades to come. But when corporate interests conspire with continental politics, lives are lost. To be sure, but the only conspiracy here was between an independent contractor and WBM. No political body was involved. Oh, sure. Of course. Wink. Okay. While I cannot condone the WBM's behavior, the real culprit here is the League of Ultimate Questing's lax emission standards and route maintenance policies. Had the League placed reasonable restrictions on burn durations, outlawed the use of windstone patent core mounts, and forced a retrofit of antebellum engine housings, we would not be seeing the near-constant void tears that we currently suffer from. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's cut delivery times 30% across the board. That'll go over great when prices skyrocket and the central cluster can't get enough nidrosilly crops to feed their kids. Where'd you find this wiener? At the baby carrot crybaby stand at the recycling convention? Dex, can it? No, no, he's right. Both about my propensity for recycling and the economic impact of burn restrictions. But the fact is, while a single route closure is easy for the economy to bounce back from, if this continues, the central cluster will be a polka dot pattern of drifting voids. Don't you nerds have weavers? Can't they just patch things up with magic or something? Absolutely. There are about 170 weavers registered on Nidrasil. It takes roughly two years to mend the smallest tears, with a team of ten weavers working around the clock. But with recent expansions and colonization into the mid-rim, the call of adventure from the League, and hefty paychecks to be made as a merchant Aethertine, there are currently two apprentice void weavers for every 17 masters. And between work, accidents, exhaustion, and the advanced average age of a weaver, we're losing more than we're gaining, gentlemen. So, when the central cluster turns into Swiss cheese and islands begin disappearing from both space and memory, how, I wonder, do you imagine the economy will fare? Holy crap. Yeah, maybe we should, uh, go to commercial. Ah, yes, keep the money flowing, boys. I'm sure it will save you. You are surrounded on all sides by guards. Some of you look to the windows, the roofs, try to calculate an exit strategy. Others ready their weapons or look for something they can use as one. But when you realize these men do not raise their own, you are inclined to stand down. Dead ahead, one of the guards, a man in a bullet helm, boiled leather, and rusting chainmail, steps to the side. The person who walks forward seems to stand somewhere outside of a gender binary. Their face is lean and slim, but angular and sharp. Their ears are cut at the tips 
like a dog. Their eyes look like that of a snake, and their skin is a pale, translucent gray. Their silver hair is pulled into a messy bun. They straighten their snakeskin jerkin as they approach. Darlu Naranan My reputation precedes me. Snake person? Rude. Sorry, I uh, am a bit outside of proper names right now and that I don't remember yours. You wouldn't. You've never heard it before. And you won't hear it now. Understandable, but you have to forgive a man for observing his surroundings. Hmm. Let's try to start again. Present and accounted for. How can I help you? You can help me by doing exactly what you've been doing. Being lost? Exactly. There are many people who are very excited for your career in the League. For all of you, in fact. But my patron is excited for different reasons. You see, some of us inside of the League's structure have realized that there are some advantages to having the occasional black flag. Go on. Normally, things like murder are not exactly forgivable in the League's eyes, at least not with novices. But today, we're willing to make an exception, so long as you can finish the job. What precisely does finishing the job entail? I imagine no more than you had already intended. Find your ship and those who took it, and dispose of them. Only this time, dispose of them in the way that you already have. Permanently. And in exchange we receive what precisely? Forgiveness for the murders you've already committed in negligence. Ah, a free pass, is it? Hey, I've never been to negligence. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, it's not as nice as it seems. Terrible food. Your wit is without equal and your reputation precedes you. But I wonder how much does your reputation matter to you? Is it worth coin? Infamy? Is your story one written in ink or blood? More than anything, it's one written by me. Of course. As always. And I trust you will serve your own interests. As always. Of course, your crew doesn't have to do everything you say, and if they elect not to engage in this activity, I suppose it should fall entirely to you. But we want the Gorse Heralds eliminated. You make a persuasive argument. Is the price for theft in this place murder, then? That is a fine question. The issue of self-defense has been brought up already. We didn't slay them out of any malice or hatred toward them. Or at least, most of you didn't. But, but, the need to preserve one's own skin. They weren't pulling no punches. That's fantastic. Have you mistaken me for a judge? Or a magistrate? Or a juror? Sometimes I like to speak out loud to formulate my thoughts. You are dreamt in a nod city. If you imagine that your defense will hold up in their courts, you have another thing coming. Rarely have I concerned myself with what they think is right and wrong. No, but until you've seen the inside of a Nordite dungeon, I would suggest you reserve judgment. As I said, you've already committed one murder. What's a few more for a tabula rasa? Should we hit that shore, I may make that command. Do we know? Can we be permitted to know who this mysterious patron is? Or is it more back alley dealings from here on out? I'm sure once you've earned trust. And I'm guessing that's not your name then? No. Ah, unfortunate. Anyway, we'll be watching. We always are. I hope you do. I look better from behind. They turn and disappear around the corner. And not long after, the guards join them. I don't know, bad flapper. Some guy comes around telling you you can cover a fart by taking a shit. (laughs) It just sounds too good to be true. (laughs) It doesn't make the fart go away. That's my point. Lita, not the cavalier response I was expecting from you. I don't know if I've seen growth of character yet, but I'm impressed. I'm just saying, I don't kill anybody because someone tells me to. I kill them because they take my stuff, uh, chew too loud, uh, you know, stand too close. You know, that kind of thing. Reasonable things. Same. You see, I agree with you entirely. 
I'm glad we're on the same page here. Now we're barely started in this league, and I'm not looking to make enemies out of any of them. However, famously I don't do well with being told what to do. If the need should arise where we defend ourselves, I'm not going to shy away from no collateral damage, and I suggest y'all feel the same way. If that is where our interests align, and because of that coincidence, they forgive some shite we did here to folk what don't matter, then fine. However, I'm not convinced. They dangled a small treat so far, but I don't see anything at deeper value yet. I'm willing to have this conversation again with whomever came up for us, and perhaps see where their plans go to some extent. But I'm not, uh, raising my flag with them. Not quite yet. Well, I'm glad to hear we're on the same page. I know we've all had a taste of the cat's milk, and I'm just... I don't want to be anyone's attack dog. Ah, milk. Milk. It would appear, based on how this individual spoke of our actions, that the legality of this place will hold us against any action we take regardless, because we are outsiders. That's a surprisingly nuanced take. I'm enjoying you more and more every day. Though it would seem that perhaps doing things to the bodies once they are fallen is frowned upon. It was my understanding that we are being punished by the League, not by this municipality. Look, it's not like we kept the parts. <laughs> Did you say kicking away a crotch? <laughs> <laughs> but either way, we had lost control, made mistakes, and if they are to be publicized, then the League would have to disavow us. Look, the listeners, like this ain't the age of heroes. They're not looking for, for white knights out here. What they want is authenticity. If you want to flap your gob, do it in the wind. That's very true. Also, back on Inniscard, murder ain't murder if you're drunk. <laughs> what an abusable loophole. You have no idea. <laughs> In nature, once you bear your fangs, you may fall or you may flee. But to pursue is not frowned upon. I mean, in the mid-end, you can kill if you gotta, but then you gotta pay the family what they're worth. So we're in accord, then. We continue on as we intended. Whatever happens, happens. But we do our best to make sure that we stay in concert with one another. I seek not to harm others, but again, I will fight if stabbed. <laughs> so should we all, friends. So should we all. Plus, I do not have my spear, and I fear that getting into any kind of altercation would not end well. Perhaps I should find some sort of cudgel or another broom. I was about to say, where'd your cleaning equipment go? I still have the trash can lid. Good. <laughs> Look, as long as we keep finding Arter, I'm in. But I ain't holding nobody's hand, so don't ask. I've never met an inventor so pushed by coin before. An Arterficer, if you will. Mm. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Let's find our boat. And the heart! <laughs> and the heart. And the heart. And the money! And the money. Gidgel, you want to get on on this? And the experience. And the ex just the experience? It's very important to me. And the experience, then. The walk, and it is a walk, to the east side of Axbury is a long and slow one, especially given that you are moving entirely down side alleys. But as you make your way, the dawn begins to come, and you see this barony in a different light. Families waking together. Schools off the beaten path, away from the rough and tumble. Children educated, fed, Jobs available. There are poor aplenty, but limited poverty. The factories of the estates, better known as the industrial district, provides resources to all who need them, and jobs to anybody who wants one. The guards, which before seemed to pose an immediate threat, are in fact well-educated in their city and aid in any task requested of them. The baronies are harsh places, but they are not without their boons. As you finally feel safe enough to join the throng at Haversham Road, you see more smiles than scowls, more pleasant whispers than spit on the ground. And as the dawn finally breaks proper, its hazy yellow light diffuse through the fog of the dream and the smog of Aethercraft, you wonder if the horrors and filth of the night before were but a dream too. It is the sign 
Cartwright and Haversmythe, Mechanics and Ship Repair, that catches your eye before the dock. And the eyes of the man standing outside sparkle with apprehension but recognition. He is a large, pot-belly man, with a leather vest too small to cover the entirety of his prodigious man-chest. His beard is thick, with iron shavings giving it a glittery sheen. His head is bald and heavily tattooed with geometrics. He is cleaning, sharpening, and buffing various tools. Tools that last night might have been used for weapons. Cleavers, butcher's knives, awls, and screwdrivers. All sharper than perhaps they should be. He smiles at you, his green eyes crinkling, and he takes Litterbag in a hug. How's me girl? I'm all right. Get off me. Haven't seen you since you walked off to try and get our deal done. I trust everything went swimmingly. Better than you can imagine. Right. Where's the box of bank? We ran into a little problem there and had to leave it with a mutual contact. You see, if you head back west, there's a little bar between some alleyways. The lovely woman behind there said she'd pass it off to you as soon as you get a hold of her. I'd like you to roll me a deception check. I would like to roll a deception check, too. <laughs> 23, 19 plus 4. What are you talking <clears throat> 23. 23. 15 plus 8. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't be lying to me, would you? Why would I do that? Why would I spend all of last night going through that trouble and then yank you about? He looks at Litterbug. What happened at a bank? Lita has a minus one to deception. Fuck. <laughs> and I just rolled now for fun, and it was a seven. Oh, no. I don't know what the gob you're all talking about. I believe the details are as murky as the bisky. <laughs> bisky? The bisky whiskey. <laughs> the bisky whiskey. See, that's the first thing that's made sense in this conversation. I mean, what are you looking for? Teeth? Fingerprints? A genital? Look, the deal was, you won the rope with our coin. You buy the tech. You bring it back here. We install your coal. Well, if that's not done, then we got a bit of a problem. Well, how, how much coin were we talking? Thousand harder. You got that lying around. How much did you say the helmet was worth? Two hundred. Fuck. So let me get this straight. Not only do you not have the tech you promised... But you don't have the coin either. And we've lost one of our own. Where the fuck is foe? Probably made off with a tech and a coin. No. Not him. Not a sin either. They're not thieves. Idiots, sure. But not thieves. Local words that disagree with you. He got called a thief by lots of people. That don't sound right. Yeah, the, uh, the guys that came looking for him. What were they called again? The Goss Heralds. The Gorse Heralds is who you were supposed to be buying it from. Are you telling me Foe tried to run off with a tech and a coin? Whether or not he ran off with it to keep it for himself or to get it away from them is unknown. But he is the missing piece of this puzzle. And it is bold of you to assume any of these people had their agencies during any of this. <laughs> Foe made sure to take those as well. I've never had a puzzle with all the pieces. You see, we're a bit of a foggy lot here. So really... Foe could be up to anything. Well, and that's not good for you, is it? Never is. Well, that's a problem then, isn't it? Because I've got a lean on your ship. Damn it. And I'm not lifting it until I see either the tech or the coin. Look, it sounds like we've got to find Foe before anything else. That's the only way that we can be Foe show. <laughs> can I interest you in a goblin? <laughs> <laughs> I've already got her heart and she got mine. Who says romance is dead? We're going to your ship. And if he's not there, it's my ship. Got right. Yes, darling. We're going for the ship. Mind the shop. He begins striding off ahead of you. I see we're dealing with all hammer and no smythe. Fine. <laughs> Lita, where did you learn to lie? No, I don't gotta lie. It's, it's all in the face. This fine individual is now trying to help us solve the puzzle that we were... Given last night. No need to be dishonest. Or smash it to pieces. As you arrive at Kelthurst Dock, 
you notice a surprising lack of professionals outside. No stevedores, no dock workers, just an empty opening through a large palisade. Your ship is docked dead center. Atop it stand six men, one of whom you recognize as Fo Kithkin. God, I hope they're here for dance lessons. There he is. <laughs> oh, son, how you doing? I thought you'd get here last night. You see, there are so many dogs, and they all look the fucking same. It's hard to pull one over on a bunch of fucking idiots if you're the biggest one in the lot. Ah, looks like your assumption was wrong in the first place. So who is the biggest idiot here? Aha. Uh-huh. Clearly me, because I got you too drunk. How's that color working out for you? I hated it, and I will not forgive you soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, love. I was just uh, looking out for your good time. We woke up getting stabbed. That's true. There was a wolf man. When I say we fucking earned it, he gestures to the man standing next to him, and you realize that jammed into Defoe's side is what looks like a sharpened trombone. Ah, you met a wolfman too. He is tall and gangly, his muscles whipcord strong and pulled tight. He seems ready to fight. The edge of his brass instrument is razor sharp and seems to have already cut a portion into Defoe's rib. His eyes are as steely as his hair, gray-black. He looks down at you with a smile. A five o'clock shadow on his face. He clearly has not slept, nor shaven. What are you doing here? See, I was fully prepared to just take your ship and take all your goods for my own. But now I have to fucking kill you. Boy, if you don't have that as backward as can be. When you're done brass blowing my friend up there, come talk to a real captain. Do we have a real captain? Shh. These are the risks you take when you participate in lawlessness. We wasn't participating in lawlessness. We was trying to make a reasonable sale of goods to people we thought represented good people. He gestures to Haversmythe. I don't know what the fuck happened. I gave him the coin. None of us know what happened. What do, says Fo. Then sing us your song, Mr. Kithkin, and sing it loud. I'm hired of hearing. Look, we was on our way. We were just going to go ahead and, you know, pop over, do the trade. Everything was going to go great. And all of a sudden... This one, he gestures to Darlu. Hey there. Pulls me aside and he tells me he's had a conversation. Say some uh, snake woman tries to tell him that uh, if he takes care of the problem, I don't know what the hell that means, uh, we, 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 we all get off scot-free. I knew they were a snake person. Now, he doesn't like the idea, but he does like the idea of the money. So, when we get there, instead of trying to fight anybody, instead of trying to kill anybody, he tells me, it's my job to try and sneak up there, get the maple, and get out as soon as I can. Sounds like something you should be good at. Why, I was. Only problem is, you ain't here when I got here. Sounds like something we'd be good at. Again, I take some of the blame. I got you a bit too drunk. But it's common behaviour to drink at every bar on the way to wherever you're going. Who was I to know you didn't have to deliver for it? Look at Troth. Look at his eyes and tell me that he wouldn't go off wandering his innocent like wanting to learn of the world really it's your fault and you up there should come down here and say you're sorry to my large mushroom friend what you say beaker let me go down there give him a big hug he digs the trombone deeper into his side uncalled for in this moment this interaction can go a lot of different ways and i leave it to you to decide how that plays out gather crew Gather? Droth leans in uncomfortably close. Oh. oh, everyone's too close. Ah, oh, bunch of crotches. Bunch, bunch of crotches. <laughs> All right. All at biting level. <laughs> I think that's where Droth talks from. Arms behind his back and then leaning forward a little bit to compensate for the height differences. Look, it's my impulse to bullshit him. Tell them to go off looking for their own that we tried to protect and save so we could make sure that everyone made their deals properly. When they're gone, we can fuck right off. However, my silver tongue's a little tarnished right now, so it would seem. I'm not looking to get into a scrap immediately if we can get on our ship and leave. But without the core installed as we have been sent here to do. Look, there are lots of docks. If we got the coin, we can take it to someone else. Tell him it's our first time. Do we? I'm not sure if I trust Foe yet. But I know if he had something like that at his disposal, he'd keep it real close to him. 
I stand at the ready. Kajal? I always advocate for truth in debates, but the truth in this case is quite damning on our side. So yes, lie. Let's get away with it. All right. <laughs> I'll keep some sort of task-related compensation on the back of my mind, should that be an opportunity we're given. Huh? Huh? Captain, my powers are not meant for such trickery. But perhaps this could aid you. And I will cast guidance. What does that look like? For Troth, it is a fragrance. It is Ooh. a pheromone of adrenaline bolstering, mind clearing. It's probably the soberest you've been in 24 hours. Oh, Troth, you smell right. <laughs> Mushroom coffee. So I suppose I'll stand here like a fucking lemon. Whichever citrus you'd like to be is immaterial right now. We are merely acting in good faith here. Good fucking faith? What did that look like? It looked like us trying to protect your boys from a wild animal attack back in some alleyways. Oh, you wouldn't happen to mean fox, would you? Oi, and the most vicious raccoons you could imagine. No, no. So I set my hunter after you. You're telling me you encountered him? Of course, and tried our best to save him. Save him, did you? Well, unfortunately, no. As mentioned previously, vicious raccoons, but we know where they went. All right, normally I would go entirely off the words here. Fair. And he knows you're full of shit. Good. But this is D&D, so I'm going to let you roll with disadvantage. This motherfucker doesn't know what's about to hit him, and I got that I got that fucking guidance. You just had to blame the raccoons. I had to bring the raccoons into this. Doing bags worth dirty. Fuck. <laughs> well... Uh, the guidance is a four. Hey. But the D20 is a one. Well, my D20 has a nice, big, beautiful two zero on it. Well, so. well fuck me. Wow. <laughs> Went about the dice agreed fully. <laughs> well, I, this is great. At that, the wolf head falls out of Lita's bag. <laughs> <laughs> Covered in blood. So now, if you said that you'd run into my man and took him out in self-defense, that I could have respected. But here you are fucking lying through your teeth to me when I got your friend at the end of my instrument. Friend is generous. All right, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> Look, fine. Last night was hazy at best. We've covered that. Excuse me for trying to defend myself a little bit here. At least with words, not with blades. You've jumped to a few conclusions, which I also understand. So how this? You take your honk knife right out my bosun <laughs> and we offer to take something off island for you. Something you maybe been having a hard time moving yourself. Ooh. We go a lot of places. We go a lot of places and get a lot of exceptions. Hand something off to us that we can squirrel or perhaps raccoon away for you. And we both leave this satisfied parties. Hey, hey. I'm not squirreling away anything on my person. You're more the raccoon side. And we promise not to do it drunk. We almost promise not to do it drunk. There may be a little bit of intoxication involved. But again, that's mostly his fault. I point at foe. And what in the fuck makes you think I can trust you after you killed my man? After you fucked up our deal? See, I got nothing to go on, son. Everything's about reputation, innit? Everything's about how you fucking present yourself. And that you've presented yourself is just a fucking traitor. You know who I am. Or at least you know what I am. And you know that my first impulse is to come at you, arrows flying and blades going. Because I haven't tried to draw blood yet. Because I haven't tried to raid your body for all it's worth. I think that's trust enough established. And I disagree. As he says that, he drags the blade of his trombone across the ribs of foe Kithkin who begins bleeding profusely. Roll initiative. All right, crew, next round's on me. Oi, bad flapper. Wouldn't do for a ship's captain to be seen trying to have a shine in the ficus. Gazi's over there. You all right, Cutter? Put a lead on your thumbs or I'll have your loaves for my mantle. Stones me old steel. 
I'll keep my mints on the merry old souls. If you do us a brick, see that you do. All right. What'll it be? Two fingers a needle, a couple of dormouse, and uh, cares of the downtown. And if you're not in the royals, I'll do a king's. I'm tried and banished. Coming up. I don't know how you people understand each other. Landlorn rhymes with cutting board, hence cutter. Stone quarry, sorry. Steel plate, mate. I agreed to keep my mince pies, eyes, or my merry old souls, arseholes. If he'd do us a brick paver, or a favour. Jean is needle and pin. Dormouse is a house ale. A cow's calf, or a half, of the downtown brown, for me little duchess. And if he isn't in a royal flush, or a rush, I'd have a king's armoury, or a carvery. Because I'm tried and banished. That is to say, famished. Oh, well that clears it right up. So, do you think they'll do it? Oh, you mean laying your wolves for a pocket of fool? Oh, I, they're no strangers to the seas. And I've got a little pig that I'll make it will be glad he did. Translation? We'll take care of your little problem. They can handle themselves in a fight. And our captain, for all his stories and glories, is a stone-cold killer at heart. But make no mistake, I won't see this crew turn black. They're good kin. They just need a little kick to realise this life isn't for conscientious objectors. Whatever it takes to get it done. The organisation appreciates your help. How and that? Speaking of... Oh, your debt is far from repaid, Mr. Kithkin. Consider this an act of good faith. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey there, all you cuties. It is snowing like a bastard outside, and it is sub-32 Fahrenheit, for those of you in parts of the world that actually use rational metric systems. I just had a big weekend hangout with my best friend for freaking ever, and I'm super excited about it. But uh, that's my good news. I got good news for you. Uh, the Patreon details are up and running. Our highest Patreon tiers now include LUQ Corsairs at $25 a month, Ship Captains at $50 a month, and Fleet Admirals at $100 a month. You can view our list of current ships, captains, and crews at the LUQ.com under the Patreon tab as a constant public thank you to our top supporters. All the same access to Discord channels, etc. are all currently available the same as they always were. And if the opportunity comes up, we will reference your ships 
and crew in-world during the episodes of the show. We will use our Patreon as a reference for inspiration and just generally treat it as something that is a part of the universe with a kind of a fuzzy cannon. Don't mount fuzzy cannons on your ship. They won't do anything. Right now, we're just using the current Patreon screen names. If you see your name on the list and want to change to your real name or something else, like a character name, just let us know at admin at slap-studios.com with your current name and what you want it to change to. As you probably already know, my horror anthology podcast, The Heresies of Red Wolf Burnt One, is in full swing, uh, but I could use your help. If you get a chance, please give it a listen and a review. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the action. Stout hag. Hole sniffer. Dry bone shaft cracker. Dirty half-risen dandelion. That's it. I want a dwarf horse. Dwarven marriages can last a long time. Hundreds of years. That's enough for anyone to get a little worn out around the same person from time to time. It's not your fault, and there is help. It's time to start to work as a team. Hi there. I'm Dr. Vongar Krankenhoff. I specialize in dwarven couples therapy and have been writing papers and conducting thoroughly funded tests on the subject for over 100 years, making me a leader in the field. I'm here to tell you about a new kind of couples therapy I've developed that has saved 9 out of 10 marriages since I first published my findings. It's a kind of quiet self-reflection, getting in touch with your feelings, and it can be with your partner or all alone. It's a meditative practice I've named after myself. And if you get one of our questionnaires and take a few short surveys, you could start cranking off today. Everyone's a little grumpy first thing after work. Try cranking off to relieve the stress. Shared a nice meal together? Why not celebrate by cranking off together? Looking into each other's eyes. Taking the dog for a walk? No reason not to stop in the park for a few minutes of cranking off. When we first started the therapy, we were fighting all the time. Oh, the yelling and the name-calling. Now, if our ire is up, I just tell him to go do some cranking off, and everything's fine. Sometimes I'll help. Now he's cranking off three to four times a day. My name is Dr. Vongar Krankenoff, and I'm here to teach you how to start cranking off like a pro. You've made a mess, but we'll clean it up together. The Gorse Heralds are arrayed in front of you, aboard your ship. For the first time, and hopefully the last time, you have to reclaim what is rightfully yours. The leader of the band has already used his attack on Foe. Foe takes ten damage slashing, and immediately does not want to participate. Ow. He drops to the ground in feigned injury. Stop. (laughs) Uh, They're not going to move. They like their spots. Bold. (laughs) So, there's a man standing on the foredeck of the ship. He is skinny, small. He wields a sharpened ramrod, and it looks as though he has several more to hand. He takes one and throws it as a javelin, targeting the goblin. Ah, hey! There's a 14 plus 5 for 19. Yeah, it's gonna hit. Excellent. That is gonna be 3 plus 3 for a total of 6 piercing damage as the ramrod comes flying at you. Ah! Ah, right in the gob. (laughs) Your garbage armor folds in, pressing into your flesh, bruising and bending bone. The man on the aft deck throws a wood axe. This time at Gigil. For a total of 20. That will hit. Alrighty. That is going to hit for a total of 5 damage. I reduce it by 11 and catch it instead. Oh, shit! (laughs) If you reduce it to zero, don't you get to throw it back? If I spend a key point, and that's not worth Ah. it. Ah. Fair, fair. Deflect axes. Thank you for making this a fairer fight. (laughs) Fuck me! Baby's face! (laughs) The gentleman to the left of Foe has ritual scarification all down one side of his face and scalp. He levels keen eyes at you and throws a bar dart. Hmm. It misses terribly as it flies towards trough. But when it lands on the ground, you see that it is coated in some kind of 
iridescent poison. Mm. Finally, the man to the left of the leader of the Gorse Heralds is going to do nothing because he actually doesn't have a ranged weapon. Instead, he takes his large sledgehammer used for crushing rocks and lifts it to his shoulder. This one is not an improvised weapon. <laughs> okay. And that makes it Gidgel's turn. Gidgel will drop this axe like a unwanted toy and start making a break for the ship. He's then going to pull Vault over his fully assembled sectioned staff and make his way to the lip of the gunnel. Gotcha. Are you standing on the gunnel? Yes. You will be at a disadvantage to be pushed off. Okay. Or there will be an advantage to push you off. However it works. Would you like to do anything else? When his feet land, I'm going to make a wide horse riding stance and then a sweeping horizontal blow towards trusty trombone. <laughs> the person who is stabbing. Sure, of course, uh, of course. Yes. That is going to be an 18 to hit. Ooh, juicy. That's going to hit. For four points of damage. My God, the damage. He's then going to continue twirling the staff using a key point to patient defense. Beautiful. How's that work? As a bonus action and a key point, I can take the dodge action. Ah, nice. Attacks against me have disadvantage, and I have advantage on dexterity saving throws. Beautiful. Anything else? That is my turn. As though you needed more. <laughs> That's going to move us to Daralu. Daralu sees a very, very ambitious Gigil run up there and start throwing fists, and he is going to walk about 15 feet forward. I understand that here on Nod, this sort of fighting and murder is illegal, but unfortunately for all of you, you're on in a scarish territory. With that, I'm going to cast Bane on the front three dudes on the mm, top of the deck. I like it. And that's a charisma saving throw? That is a charisma saving throw from all three of them. We have a natural 20 on trombone. Fuck. We have an eight plus minus one from Scarface. That's a failure. And we have a nine minus one from Durag. Also a failure. Every saving throw and attack roll they make gets a D4 subtracted to it. Okay. Looking ahead back over my shoulder at Lita, I'm going to say, Lita, I need you to do your job on shore. And raise poor foe's morale. I'm going to give you a bardic inspiration die. You can add that to any d20 roll you make. You can use it as a reaction to add it to your AC. You can add it to any spell damage you do, weapon damage you do, or healing that you do. Sick. Are you Valor? Yeah. Fantastic. Hell yeah. And that's my turn. Beautiful. That brings us to Sir Troth. Sir Troth, weaponless but unafraid, begins humming to himself the song of the Wilder Knight. <laughs> and as he runs forward, he's going to have just enough speed to get to the very base of the ship below the man who threw the ramrod. Um, and as he runs, a cloud of spores follows behind him like a crop dusting plane <laughs> in shades of chartreuse and forest brown. And they seem to swirl around him as he runs, as he activates his aura of spores symbiotic form. Mwah. Love it. Spora. And as a bonus action, he kind of points one mushroomy finger up at the target that he has decided will be his foe and casts Hunter's Mark. Nice. Just you wait. <laughs> no save for that, yeah? No save. Okie dokie. He marked. Okay. And that's my whole business. I like it. That's Littabag. Raises morale. Raises morale. What am I, a party planner? <laughs> yes. Lita and Iris are going to race forward running and gunning as they do so. Now, I have a quick question. Did you say party planner or party platter? <laughs> <laughs> I think I said planner. Okay. Either answer is correct. I did hear platter and it made me laugh inside a lot. <laughs> you are cold cuts. <laughs> Who threw the spear at me? Doinkus. Okay. So Doinkus with the spear <laughs> is going to catch a plasma bolt from Iris. <laughs> does a nine hit? It does not. At all. And hot pink plasma rushes past this guy's head. Just as Lita peeks out from behind cover and blasts the tromboner with hot slag. Hell yeah. Which is also Lita's nickname. Does a 16 hit. It does hit. Oh, what an ugly sound. <laughs> that is eight points of fire damage. Hey, tromboner taking eight. And that is the end of my turn. 
The fire hits him and scatters. Embers fall to the deck of the ship. I'm gonna roll a percentage chance. You're good. It's a 10% chance that it might catch fire at any given point when you use fire shit on it. A half second later, Lita remembers what she was just told and shouts, Iris, party mode. And there's a small, (laughs) just, and a little bit of confetti falls out. (laughs) It's mostly just torn up pieces of newspaper. Happy birthday. (laughs) Gidgel, if you want to roll me either perception or insight or medicine, you may. That is an 18 for insight. Beautiful. As you stand there, drawing the attention of the trombonist and looking at the situation, you see that Foe is pretty much fine. He's hurt, but he's functional. But he looks like he's pretending to be dead. Anything else? No, that is it for me. Beautiful. That makes it Smythe's turn. What would you like your ally to do? I don't know what he can do. Well, he's carrying a blacksmith's hammer. Ah, That's about it. I would like him to run up and grab the hand axe Gidgel dropped and then throw it at someone angrily. Correct. (laughs) That's a good idea. Perfect. Haversmythe runs forward, grabs the axe, and hucks it as best he can directly at... T-Bone, Scarface, or (laughs) (laughs) Dureg? He throws it at Scarface. Scarface the musical. I'm not going to count floor dice. No Jumanji rolls. Correct. That is going to be a 23 to hit, which is more than enough to hit Scarface, who takes a full-on axe, adding yet another scar to his face. It does, in fact, cut a good chunk off of his cheek, and you hear it scrape up against the bone as it flies past and lands clattering behind him. That makes it Foe's turn. Foe pops up with a large box, a crate, in fact, a crate that is full of all the weapons that you had left on the ship to prevent them from being taken from you. I stuff. He uses his full action to throw a bow out to you, throws a spear and shield out to Troth, and then takes a swing at the trombonist's head with the crate. Fuck yeah. Unfortunately, Foe, with his horribly injured rib, his extreme hangover, and his lack of natural talent with boxing, there we go, manages to very widely whiff the man, but distracts him enough to give Gigil advantage on his next attack against the tromboner. That makes it top of the initiative again with the enemy. Tromboner turns around. We thought you was dead. He takes a swing at him and gets a critical hit. Jesus. Crispy Christ. That is going to be 2d8 damage for 8 plus his 4, which is 12, and foe is down. I did my best. This is a deadly honk horn. Honk knife. The Scarface was not very happy with Haversmythe's assault. But realizing that that enemy is too far away, he opts instead for the colorful in both personality, dress, and flesh of Darlu. He throws his dart and misses wide. This man has not won a tournament in years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm slain. (laughs) I mean, I assume a 12 doesn't hit. It's close. (laughs) He does have Bane, though. Sure, 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 sure. The man with the sledgehammer turns to Gidgel and decides to try his luck on whether or not he can turn this goo pile into a pancake. Mm. And a sledgehammer into a sledgehammer instead. Mm-hmm. He has Bane and he has disadvantage from the fact that you're using dodge. So he gets a seven minus the Bane, which I'm guessing, again, probably less than 12 does not hit. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Stacking them debuffs. However... He is wielding a very large sledgehammer, which comes down on the ship. Stop hitting my boat! Dealing it, the mall's 2d6. Oh, crap. Fortunately, it is only three plus his strength of three, which means six damage to the ship. You hear a loud crack as the green wood splits, emitting a small burst of moisture. Don't Don't damage damage my my ship! Hey! What? (laughs) That makes it the axe thrower, who is currently Sans' throwing axe, and instead grabs his woodsman's axe. He runs down towards Gigil as well. Jumping over the stair, he brings the axe down. Does a 16 hit? Oh, wait. Disadvantage. Disadvantage. Well, it was a 16 or a natural 20, so let's go with a 16. (laughs) Does a 16 hit? 16 hits. All righty. Given this is not purpose-built for killing gels, I'm going to go ahead and give him a D8 on damage. Uh, and that is going to be a five plus three for eight of a slashing damage as he brings the axe down. 
Fortunately, your body stops the blow enough that it doesn't harm the ship. Mm, yeah, fortunately. <laughs> think that's everybody? Oh, no. Pullman. Old Ramrod. Ramrod decides to level his namesake at your ally, Daralu. Rude. Again, being the most front and center person off the ship. Fair. Uh, that is an 18 on the die. Uh, yeah, that's going to hit. That is going to be four plus three for seven. The metal ramrod comes flying at you. Unfortunately, a wind catches it, and so all it does is slap the end clear on your forehead, leaving a noticeable bruise running down it to the tip of your nose. Breathing in deep, his blue crystals glowing, his throat starts to pulse red as he screams out a column of cinders toward the man who threw the javelin at me. I'm going to cast Hellish Rebuke because I'm a tiefling and I can do that. I love my Hellish Rebukes. Right? Some Hellish Rebukake. Will you make me a dexterity saving throw? Mm -hmm. That's a natural one, baby. That is 3d10 fire damage for baby boy there. Go ahead and add another d10. I will. Thank you. Boom. That is a good roll. 30 fire damage. Sweet Jesus. He erupts in a burst of flame and falls to the ground, catching the ship on fire. Shite. Lita, put it out. Put it out. That is the end of the enemy's turn, bringing us to Gigil. Gigil, surrounded by the Gorse Heralds, is going to attempt to disrupt this leadership structure by stabbing it in the chest, the diaphragm even. Take the breath away Take from breath this away. trumpeteer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll never honk again. Ah, my leadership structure. My embouchure. Uh, that's 24 vibrato. Is that a word? <laughs> 24 <laughs> It's a word. I don't know if it's the right word for this. Gidget yeah, is up there like. <laughs> but if I smack him with bludgeoning, doesn't that cause a vibration? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, that definitely hits. All pain is just vibration leaving the body. Mm. I mean, you're not done. You're kind of not wrong. <laughs> not good on these damage rolls. That is a five. All righty. He is bloodied. And as a bonus action, I will activate my astral arms. You can see that a glowing light seems to emanate from my central nuclei and out towards the peripherals, at which point the... <laughs> The air around my body begins to heat up and solidify as two magma textured hands begin to form um, as if erupting from a rift in space. It bubbles into detailed hands that then curl up. And as they are sputtering, they are going to require a dexterity saving throw from those three gorse heralds. (laughs) Cool. The woodsman fails as it took all of his energy and all of his dodge and all of his sick dexterity juices to jump over the staircase, which he thought was really cool at the time. The sledgehammerist with his bane gets a 13, which is exactly what they need. Oh, I tried. And the trombonist has a 13 again. Um, So the... Two that succeeded will take three points of damage, and then the one that failed will take six. Is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn. Alrighty. That's going to bring us to Daralu. From what I understand, it takes me 15 feet of movement to get to the ship, and then 10 feet to climb up the ladder there, because mm. there's a ladder mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the side. Oh, that's for your feet? I think that's for my feet. Why do you not simply just jump up there? <laughs> it looks like I've used all of my movement to get onto the deck of the ship and next to Hammer Bro. Beautiful. Then I will shout out, Master Kithkin, quit tongue swabbing the deck. The cast healing word and foe will regain four hit points. Hey, better than none. It's not dying. It's not dying. Anything else? I still have my standard action. Huh? I am not in a good spot. Mm mm. Looking at the gentleman in front of me, I'm going to shake my head and say, just go home, lad, and cast Vicious Mockery on Hammer, bro. Will you make me a wisdom save? (laughs) Not his strong suit, by the way. His seven minus one definitely fails. Will not pass for four psychic damage, and he has disadvantage on his next attack roll. Beautiful. And that is my turn. All right, that's Troth. All right, Troth being 
about six feet tall, is going to back up to right here. So he's looking right at this guy who's standing against the gunnel. Mm -hmm. um, his spear's still at his feet because he has a change of plans. As a bonus action, he shifts the hunter's mark from the dead target to this new target. And then he lets out his open hand and a thorn whip shoots out to wrap around this guy's neck. Mm, nice. So I'm going to attempt to hit him with my thorn whip. Uh, 13? No, 12. That's going to hit. Okay, good. These guys are chumps. Hell 12, yeah. great. I love to hear that. Okay, the only, so the only one who isn't a chump is the trombonist. <laughs> all right. And as I whip it out, my necrotic spores cling to the whip itself, covering it with stingy acidic damage. Perfect. Although actually it's necrotic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as it wraps around, I'm going to deal him some damage. Hey. 1d6 from the thorn whip, 1d6 from the necrotic aura, and 1d6 from the hunter's mark. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, plus nothing that's 16 damage oh god damn and the good news is either gunnel making this difficult he gets pulled 10 feet towards me or cinematically i get pulled 10 feet towards him because he can't pass through the gunnel as the necrotic thorned whip wraps around his throat he tries to brace himself against the gunnel but that only provides counterforce mm. as it cuts through his neck, pulling free his blood, which is blackening as it comes into contact with the necrotic spores. Eventually, his head is hanging by a thread, and when you pull tight, it falls off. Gross. I assume he's... He gone. <laughs> I assume he's dead. I assume taking his head off. And then for the rest of my turn, I'm just going to scamper up onto the deck. A little bit clumsy, but as valiantly as possible, trying to make it look cool as I land. <laughs> like that. Uh, Lid. Lita, also next to the ship, is going to uh, shimmy up onto it over the side. I would like to try to use the rest of my movement to get to this fire. Mm. As soon as Lita is over the gunnel, she races up the steps towards this fire, puts out her hands, and I'm going to try to blow it out with a thunder wave. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so there's a crack-a-boom as this intense force just blows through this fire and hopefully puts it out. That sounds good to me. And since you're just trying to put out a fire, I'll go ahead and say it doesn't cost a uh, spell slot. To that, that is very kind of you. And then she's going to lean down, put her hands on the deck and oh, I'm so sorry, baby. I said no one would ever hurt you. <laughs> and meanwhile, Iris is going to also reinforce that promise by hovering upwards and flying back over to the other side to cast a angry plasma bolt at Hammerbro. Nice. That is a 22 to hit. That definitely hits. Max damage. That is 6 force damage. Ooh, and that is enough to take out Hammerbro. Is that Dureg? Yes. 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 As the plasma bolt slaps him in the face, you see his skin begin to wrinkle and curl under the incredible heat of it. He grabs at his own cheeks, trying to almost pull off the plasma, but only succeeds to pull off more of his own face. And in his panic, tips over the gunnel and falls with a loud crack as his head breaks his fall. There's a small funt and more confetti blows out of Iris. <laughs> I am done. Did you say a small funt? <laughs> I mean, when Lita uses Thunderwave, I just picture echoeyfart.mp3. <laughs> Holmes the other way, lad. Anything else? No, that is it. That is going to be Smythe's turn. Smythe, seeing that things are breaking good for everybody on the ship, decides to take his chances and hurl his hammer at the head of the lumberjack. That is a 16 on the die, but he is at a disadvantage from a distance. That is still a 12 on the die with his plus 8, because he's probably the best fighter here. He collides clean. It is not a weapon designed for being thrown, and so it's only going to deal a D6. But he still gets a five plus Hell his yeah. strength of four, and that is enough to put a dent in the man's head in exactly the shape of a hammer. Mm. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Don't think you can fit a, a hammer in your skull. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Wasn't he, built for it. He really gave it a good try, though. At that, the last remaining member of the Gore's Heralds drops to his knees and drops the trombone. He holds his hands up at your mercy. The question is... What will you do with it? Axbury. Home and nothing special. On the outskirts of Strife. 
One of the few Western baronies that will allow to dreamt at all. Can't say I blame them. With the dream wastes and all, knocking on the door. Aragon's always in short supply. It's not one of the kin to hop and colony ships and merchant crews. Anything to get them off this foggy rock. It's only a matter of time for our Duchess falls to the Boar King. And after that, how long before the dream takes it all back? But the Kif will be here. We was born in the dream. Besides, you like to see the Lich take on the wandering city and her egomancers. Good luck, little lad. You'll need all your toys. Oh, Louie, Louie, Louie. I had a measure of him from day one. Raiders born and bred, they say. But our captain's a long way from in his car. And for all his promises of great deeds, I'm not sure he's got the stomach to do what's necessary. Not yet, anyway. But that's why I'm here. Get your hands dirty, foe. Have the sin. Hate the sinner. I don't imagine a crew's like the term Black Flag. At least I hope not. I've always fancied myself something in grey anyway. like i wonder what's dara lose mercy mm-hmm. we'll find out next episode <laughs> find out next time on luck ball z <laughs> luck balls luck balls luck my ball no <laughs> let's go i the, will let's go around the table and hear some fucking uh potential titles for this one I only wrote one down this time. I was fair enough. It's take your honk knife out of my bosun. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get as many as the zinger goofs in the non roll. If if you don't got them, that's fine. Feel free to give a favy Momo instead. Yeah, I don't. I don't got them. I I like that the honk knife exists. Yes. Honk knife. In my mind, the idea that a city that just doesn't allow weapons in it, that everybody would just have a weird mm-hmm. ass way of hurting people. And oh, I'm no, like, I the idea of a trombonist is just yeah. so good. Actually, yeah. what, what was it that you said to, to foe when you healed him? Oh, quit swabbing, tongue that swabbing is, the poop deck. Quit tongue swabbing the deck and get up. Tongue swabbing is definitely one of mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think like stop tongue swabbing the deck would be my, <laughs> mm-hmm. my go. Don't stop tongue swabbing the deck. I have two that aren't tongue swabbing and it's both from Angelo murky is the bisky is definitely <laughs> definitely up there and a uh, trusty trombone is another like that that hit real good <laughs> Angelo that those were that was everything all right fair enough any moments kind of like was no. literally every single thing that was said this episode <laughs> any moments that stand out to you i mean there's a lot of heads coming off yeah yeah <laughs> I like party mode. Party, party mode was fantastic. Party mode is good. Okay, so just so everyone <laughs> the knows, fun. Flatter. Yeah, the word fun. There's uh, one more confetti, and then after that, it just keeps making this little air air fart noise every six seconds until she turns it off. I will say, a font of confetti is a, a damn fun. fine title option. A perfect measurement. Mm. Uh, so and a great young adult novel. <laughs> what were the name options? I've got take your honk knife out of my bosun, stop tongue swabbing the deck, and a font of confetti. <laughs> God, I'm between I'm between honk knife and 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 <laughs> I've confetti. got to go honk knife. I'm feeling honk knife. I'm feeling honk knife. I love it. I mean, I was going for shorter, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it could just your... be honk knife. <laughs> honk knife is actually just a perfectly good name. <laughs> but take your honk knife out of my bosun. I think wins it. And you know who else wins it? You, the listeners. You're the winners because you get to hear these beautiful episodes that we're so fucking good at. <laughs> Thank you for being patient with my uh, clumsy brain. And I swear to God, the next chapter will be better prepared. <laughs> but yeah, do we want to go around the table and introduce ourselves? Or do we want to we do a quick character breakdown in case yeah. there's any confusion about our current class and level? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Angelo Kalug. I play an Uwuz. 
<laughs> um, Gigil, an astral monk, level three. My name is Max Hobbs. I play Darlu Narana Navahan. I am a third level Valor Bard. Tiefling. I am Dana Ebert. This season I am playing Litabag, the third level Goblin Armorer. My name is Law. Uh, this season when I'm playing, I play Sir Troth the Woven, the Manatari Wilder Knight, who is a ranger druid of Circle of Spores. And I am Zachary Golden, the Dungeon Boy, and also I am Foe Kithkin, the Nodite Kith Sin Eater, which is a modified subclass of the Lunar Sorcerer, and as well as two levels of Warlock Hexblade. <laughs> Proud receptacle of hawk knives. A proud hawk knife receptacle. Oh, jeez. Proud receptacle. (laughs) Proud proud receptacle is a great episode name. (laughs) This battle map was provided to us by Dave Mladnov in the form of the Seize and Desist. Hell yeah, it's back. A beautiful, beautiful miniature of an actual full-on galleon. Admittedly, it is not the exact size and shape of the proper ship, but we're going to go ahead and forgive that for these sakes. That is clearly a maximature. That did. (laughs) (laughs) That definitely did give Brie a break, but we still love her anyway for doing all the maps previously. And we also love our beautiful baby boy, Sam Hediger, the beautiful editor. Thank you again for listening so much. And I'm really looking forward to the next chapter because I get to play again. And I really do so love playing Fokithkin. Even if dealing with them can be a little bit difficult. And next time you have to deal with me, I wish you luck. (laughs) 